just for us to be in your presence. I uh, just pray for words, Lord, just help me to speak clearly. Pray that our hearts are open, our minds are open to have what you have for us today, Lord. In your name we pray, amen. amen. So today we're going to finish, go ahead and have a seat. Today we're going to finish our series that we're, I've been calling The Greatest. And as I've said this, these are things that Jesus said. It's not everything he said because there's so many things that he said that we can't cover everything. But we started with love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then the words love your neighbor as yourself where Jesus redefined neighbor. And then we looked at follow me. <clears throat> where Jesus said, come follow me. And then last week we looked at your sins are forgiven. And then this week we're going to look at just one simple word, the word go. Now there's a few more words to this in the passage we're going to look at, but essentially it's the words go. And so let's look at that passage today. It's going to be Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. It'll be on your screen if you want to just follow along with me. It says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to him and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Now, a lot of us in this room, those words are familiar to us. Those words are familiar. We know them as the Great Commission. Those are words that, you know, people that have gone off to be missionaries are going to be off to missionaries, that they'll use those words or this passage to say, this is why I'm going to the foreign country I'm going to. Such as if I decided I'm going to Afghanistan, I'd say, this is why I'm going to Afghanistan, to go make disciples. And th they, they say that to leave, you know, saying this is why I'm leaving everything behind. This is why I'm leaving this, this life I live here behind because I'm going to listen to the, what Jesus said and I'm going to follow these instructions that Jesus gave me. Now, those of us that are disciples of Jesus, which means that we're followers of Jesus, that we're, we're students, that we're learners of Jesus, and that we all at some time, we're all going to hear those words of Jesus when he tells us to go. And I'm not saying that all of us are going to end up in a foreign country, because that's not what everybody's going to do. But all of us should hear those words go, and we should go. It might just be your next door neighbor. It might be somebody across the street. And it might also be your neighbor halfway across the world. Now, there's a town close by here. It's about 82 miles away. It's really small population, about 430 people. There's not a lot in this town. There's maybe a little farmer's co-op where you can get some gas. There's a trading post there. And there's a grocery store. And there's a few people, famous people, or people that are pretty famous around this area that you'll recognize maybe some of these names, some of them you won't, that have some associations to this town. One of the names is Tuff Harris. Many of you may know Tuff. Tuff was actually, we watched him on Sundays. He was a professional football player. So Tuff's kind of a legend, actually. And um, he's now at Faith Chapel in, in an organization called One Heart Warriors. And then there's another guy named Joe Medicine Crow. If you, in Billings, there's a, a junior high school named after him. And then there's an artist, Kevin Redstar. He has some ties to this town also. Now, there's a name that probably some more of us, if you're sports geeks like me, that you'll recognize, there's a name called Elvis Old Bull. 
Elvis Old Bull, was a three-time state champion in basketball at this town. So if you haven't figured it out, you've heard me talk about this town before. It's, it's Lodgegrass. Now, this town, since Elvis kind of was there and they won the state championships, it's, it's, it's kind of just no one really talks about it anymore. And when I was coaching basketball, I mean, in fact, the referees, really, they didn't have a lot of good to say necessarily about Lodgegrass. They didn't, there wasn't a lot of things, but I think that this is the kind of town that Jesus was talking about when he said, go make disciples. Today we're going to look at a story. It's kind of a, a story of, of three different people, three different people that all heard the word go. In fact, I'm one of those. I asked Josh to be here. Josh is in the back here. If you don't know Josh, he's one of them. And uh, I did try to bribe some other people here to be here with Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards, but I guess they didn't want any, I guess they couldn't show up. Too long a trip from the football game yesterday, I guess. But the first thing we see in this passage is that you need to be ready to go. If you look at the verses before this one, Jesus has risen from the grave. There's an angel that comes to, I'm just going to say, the Marys, Mary and Mary, and they, he tells them some things, and then they see, see Jesus on the road, and, and Jesus is, is risen from the dead. He's alive again, and he says these words to him. He says, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. So the, Mary goes to the disciples. They went, and then the, she tell, they tell the disciples, and they went. So Jesus told them to go, and they goed, which I know is not a real word. But they went. They went where Jesus told them to go. Now, as I said, I, I said Josh is here today. And a lot of you know, remember Josh from being here as an intern and as a youth pastor. And so after Josh left here, he wasn't really sure where he was going to go. He had some opportunities. He had some jobs that he went back to, some that, were, that he had previously. And, and so he went and he did those things. But then there was one day he heard... God say to go again. He heard God saying go become the head basketball coach at Lodgegrass. So he left some of those jobs behind. Didn't really know what he was going to do for sure other than be the head coach. He had to trust God. Didn't really quite know what to expect, what was going to happen. And then let me introduce you to another person in this story. Her name is Nicole and she's a podcaster. And this podcaster was going to go do this story on the missing indigenous women, and just kind of bring some light to that, just just bring some information so that people would understand and, and realize what's going on. And so she, she did this story, but she kept hearing about this guy named Josh, and she just was like, I, I think God just said, you know what, I need, you need to go find Josh. You need to talk to Josh. So she found Josh, did a podcast on him, not really knowing where God was actually going to tell her to go even further than that. Now, well before Josh, well before Nicole, well before any of this, I heard this word of God to say, go, go be a basketball coach at Skyview. I didn't really know why, because I, I'm a pharmacist, as a lot of you know. Like, I own my business. Like, why would I go do this? I don't have time for this. But I went, I heard the words, and I listened, and I went. And as I go there, I, I went, and I'm at, at listening to the word of God. 
guess who becomes my assistant basketball coach? Josh. It's funny. That's a coincidence, right? Like, God bringing all those together. And through these different stories and these, like, none of us had any idea at that point that at some point down the line, we'd all cross paths again at Lodgegrass, Montana. Now, in our passage, verse 17 tells us, it says, when they saw him, when they saw Jesus, that they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, once I went to Skyview, started coaching, like, I was really happy. I loved that job. I was happy. I mean, it just made my heart sing. And I, you know, you just, I was really worshiping Jesus at that point. Josh, I, I know he worshiped also because him and I had conversations, and, and they were worshipful conversations. In fact, there was one time before he was at Lodgegrass that we were in Bozeman. Josh reminds me of this story a lot where we were at the state championship. It was before the state championship game with Skyview. And, and we're walking to, to get coffee, and we're talking, having this conversation. It was just a conversation, but it really was worshiping God at that time. Just being thankful to God for the opportunities he's gave us. And we're just humbled by God and just trusting us with these jobs. And the thing is, we didn't really see them as jobs either. <coughs> these were blessings. These were just blessings from God. And, and our hearts sung. And we were just worshiping God in that moment. But I know for, I had one, I had some doubts. There was things that, that just at times were overwhelming. Experiences that I've never experienced before. Things that I didn't imagine I would be in that situation. And I would doubt. Questioning maybe ourselves. Questioning God. And just questioning, saying, God, did I, did I really hear you right? Is that really what you said to go? Now I think all of us, know what I'm talking about when we say doubts. We all have doubts. Because there's, there's this enemy that we have. This enemy, he really, really is good at his job, isn't he? He's really good. It can be the smallest doubt, and he can turn this thing into a mountain that just makes us, we, wanna, we just want to give up. Just think, I can't do this anymore. And we just walk away. And some of us hear these words to go, this doubt, we have this little bit of doubt, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and we just never go. We just never, we stay where we're at. In fact, we sit on our couch, and we're just sitting there not going. We hear the word. God's saying go. We say no. God says go, no, no, go, 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 no. We just, we just won't go. We just go, I'm going to sit on my couch, and I'm going to wait for this next season of Yellowstone to come out because I know it's coming, and it's not here yet, but it's going to come. And I'm going to wait for it, and I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I'm going to ignore Jesus and not go. Now, the disciples, when Jesus told them to go, I'm sure they didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what was going to wait for them. Jesus just was put to death, horrible cross on the, death on the cross. But they went. Mary, the, the Marys, they, when Jesus told them to go tell the disciples, they're probably thinking, they're just going to laugh. They're going to go, what is with, like, no, you're imagining things. You're just making up stories. Like you just had some crazy dream. But yet all of them went. They all went where Jesus told them to go. So are you, are you going to go? If you hear, see, if Jesus tells you to go, are you going to go? So maybe I'm going to ask, where are you going? 
So you maybe decided to go. So do you know where you're going? Jesus told his disciples first, go to Galilee. And they went, because they're kind of thick-headed like me and other people, but they went. Then he told them to go, not just to Galilee, but to go to all the nations. Go to the world with this message of, of Jesus. So where is Jesus telling you to go? For lots of us, like I said, it's, it's going to be close by. It might just be your family. It might be your neighbor. It might be your coworker. It might just be those people that you do life with. So you don't really have to go very far. For some, it might be Jesus asking you to go to Central America, Europe, Asia, South America. Maybe if you're really, really lucky, he's going to tell you to go to Hawaii. <laughs> and there's lots of times where Jesus tells us to go, and sometimes he tells us to go somewhere where we never thought we would ever go, and maybe places where we thought we would never want to go. Now, Josh, when he came to Skyville all those years ago, being my assistant coach, I don't really think that he ended, knew that he was going to end up being asked to go to Lodgegrass. And, and yes, he had some stops here at, in Hope Center and some stops at some other place, but Josh isn't actually ended at Lodgegrass either, I don't believe. Jesus is asking him to make disciples in other areas, other towns other states, other places. We don't know how far God's going to ask Josh to go. Now, Nicole, this podcaster, <clears throat> she had no idea that she would end up at this story in Lodgegrass talking to a bunch of, on the boys' basketball team, and then forming relationships within that community, forming relationships with, with them and, and bonding with, with the, the boys and bonding with the family members and that she would then be asked to go in support and go to continue those relationships to cities all around the, all around the state. In fact, there was one basketball game where I was at and I looked over and I go, why are, like, it made no sense that she was even here, but yes, she was. She left her home and she went to be with these, these this group of boys. Now, God, actually, he has brought me to many places around the world, listening to those words go. Took me a while to actually listen and get there, but I did. Now, when I got to Skyview, I thought, man, this is, this is where I'm at. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I found it. Like, I'm not going to go. I figured I'd be here for as long as I wanted to be. Nah, that's not true. Well, God, was wrong. God had different plans. Now, God brought me here. So I, I listened some, but I still just couldn't quite get rid of this coaching thing. I, I, I still wanted to do that, still wanted to hang around. And so it finally took someone to say, you know what, we've got some teachers that are, have applied for a job, and they're coaches, and they want to coach. And so they asked me if I would step down. And, of course, I said yes, but reluctantly, and I didn't really want to. But I had no idea that God was – Using that because I'm so thick-headed, <coughs> he had to put that in there so that I would listen to go somewhere else. Go somewhere else and find myself in a boys' locker room at Lodgegrass talking to this basketball team. And then later, it even found myself sitting in front of this podcaster, Nicole, being interviewed about Josh and this basketball team and kind of what's going on. 
So all of us hearing these words of Jesus telling us to go. Three of us with three different backgrounds, three different lives, all hearing the word go, but yet God is bringing us all together to carry out this work of <clears throat> making disciples. Now, some of us in this room, maybe you know exactly where God is telling you to go, and you're going. To that, I say amen. Keep going. Keep doing it. Now, maybe you know where you're being asked to go, and you're not going. So why not? Maybe you're, you're being asked to go, but you're, you want to go somewhere else. So maybe if you say the words of, I will never go to blank, usually that's a guarantee that you're going to end up where that place is. At least it has for me. Now, I know a lot of you are smart in here, so you're going, okay, God, never send me to Fiji. Never send me to one of these tropical islands. Sorry to break your bubble. It didn't work that way. But do you know where you are going? <clears throat> Said we don't have to go very far sometimes. The disciples, they started, but just some of them just started in Jerusalem. Others went far away. But the one thing they did, and the one thing that all of us are expected to do, is to go, to go somewhere. Go somewhere and make disciples. Now, I have a friend that would argue with me, or he wouldn't really argue with me. He would actually just tell me, this is your mission field. This is where you go make disciples. And he would say, you go to your family, and you go right here in the city, and you go right here in the United States. And he was just adamant about this. And so I would just listen. And this was like right before I'm like getting on a plane to go to Africa. And so I'm not sure why he wanted to argue with that, but... If you look at Matthew 10, 5 through 6, it says, Jesus tells his disciples, it says, Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any towns of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So I was kind of like, oh, well, maybe he's right. <laughs> but what about our passage where it said Jesus said, Go to all the nations? So I think maybe we're both right. We're both just different people being called to different places. Because this message of Jesus it needs to be brought to everyone. And we all find ourselves in different places at different times. Some near, some far. If we listen to the words of Jesus saying, go, and we go. Knowing where you are, are going might be knowing that your life also just reflects Jesus. That people should see Jesus in you. That they see what being a, being a disciple looks like, and they see Jesus in you. So everywhere you go, you're making disciples, fulfilling this great commission, this instructions we're supposed to do. That your life actually, your life just becomes, it's about making disciples. The way I live is always that simple, just that one instruction from Jesus to go make disciples. So when I ask, where are you going? Your answer then is just simply to make disciples. So maybe I'm going to ask you, why are you going? And you're looking at me like, yeah, like, come on, you just said it. Like, come on, pastor. Like, like it's easy, like, to go make disciples. But what does that mean? But what does that mean is, so six to eight years ago, 
as I'm coaching basketball up there, we, we have these fundraiser basketball tournaments for kids. And so there's a game, it's about a fourth or fifth grade game, and usually, you know, you get the parents and the grandma and grandpas, but there's people, but like, I'm watching this game, and like, there's, it's like the whole city's coming in to watch this game, and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Like, who are these kids? So I look at the schedule, and it's this team, NDNZ. And I'm going, okay, what does that stand for? I'm not very smart. So Josh happens to be there. And I go, Josh, what does that stand for? And he goes, duh, it's abbreviation for Indians. And then he tells me why it's that. And I think it's kind of clever, but he says that, you know, they had to change their name for various reasons that are complicated. And it, it's bad that they had to. But um, I am just watch these, this, these kids, and I'm like going, wow, these guys are really, really good. They're little kids, but man, these kids are good. They just blow through this tournament, just demolish everybody. And then over the years past, I start watching these kids. Like, I look for their name. Sometimes it's, it's NDNZ. Sometimes it's War Party. Sometimes it's different names. But I look for this, okay, I'm going to go watch this game. So fast forward a couple, till a couple of years ago. Here I find myself, Josh calls me up, and I go to the locker room, and I look around, and I go, these are all the kids I've been watching for the last eight years, every single one of them. So did I know that long ago that I would have the opportunity to speak to these kids, to speak into their lives? No, I had no idea that I would have a chance to help make disciples. I had no idea. So, yes, the answer of why we go is to make disciples. We want to see people become new believers. We want to see them enter into the kingdom of God. We want to teach these new believers how to follow Jesus. We want them to become a learner, to become that student of Jesus, to submit their lives to Jesus, and then to get baptized. And then we want them to go out and make disciples and continue this process of making disciples to all nations. But when I look back at that, the why of why do I do what I do now? I had no idea. And I don't know when God is going to give me this opportunity to make disciples. So I bring up this story as part of the process, even because Josh was part of this too. That God is bringing us into this, this whole picture of things that we have no idea. Because we're not going to just get one shot at making a disciple. Both Josh and I, like I said, we didn't know that we would be involved in these kids' lives. And then when we were, yes, the goal is to win basketball games, but ultimately our desire is to make disciples. With the goal of, of hopefully we're changing a generation. Hopefully we're using this game of basketball. It's a door. It's a door to just invite us into their lives so that we can make disciples. So maybe this question of why are you going, maybe the question should be, why are you doing what you're doing? Is what you're doing making disciples? If not, then what is it that you're doing? And why are you doing that instead of making disciples? In the sports world and just even in life, there was a thing a while ago, and I, it's still kind of going. It's like, what's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why, why are you constantly going through all this pain? 
Why are you constantly up all this sweating, all this work, all these injuries that you're enduring? You go in the hot weather, you go in the cold weather, you, you travel, there's all this lost time that you have. And all the time you're asking yourself, why am I doing this? So why do you do what you do? What makes it worth it? Shouldn't our why be with the purpose of making disciples? The, the people around Jesus, those close to him, those disciples, they heard those words, go make disciples, and they go, yep, it's worth it. Because they went to their deaths, some horrifying deaths, with that common why to make disciples. So that's why they did it. So I'm going to ask, what's your why? Now let's say we know what our why is. We know where we're supposed to go. But, you know, it's scary out there, and I don't want to do it alone. And Jesus tells us these words, tells them this words in verse 20, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So you aren't going alone. Jesus promised him, I'm always going to be with you. Always going to be there. You aren't going to do this alone. You may feel like it. You may doubt you might even want to give up and you're going to be afraid. But God's there. He never leaves us. Now, some of you, I, I recognize some faces were at the night of worship last week. And an just to point out how God is always with us, when they ended it after the thing, they said there's going to be another event coming up, but they talked about this guy named Leif Hetland. And they're talking about this story about when he spoke to this large group of people. I want to say it was like 25,000 people, and it was in a country like Iraq or Iran or somewhere like that, where it, it's, it's pretty hostile to say maybe Jesus' name in a large crowd like that. And so they told him, I said, yep, you can speak, but you can't use the word Jesus. So he just kind of went along with it, but he gets up there to speak. Well, he said Jesus right away. So here's this guy off stage, licks his guns, aimed at his head, and he's going to shoot his head off. Well, we never heard a bang. The gun never went off. So he calls his buddy over, and they get another gun, another person. Same thing happens. Like all night long, they can't get a gun to fire. So I think there's an example of Jesus is there. Jesus was there, and that gun wasn't going to go off because he wasn't going to stop him from saying Jesus. So Leif that night, he wasn't alone. Now, we can grasp that, right, that Jesus is with us. But also, a lot of times, there's others with us, too. We have, we have others with us and others with us because we all have the same why. The same why of making disciples. In fact, in Mark 6, 7, it tells us, Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and give them authority over impure spirits. Jesus didn't send them out alone. In fact, this is, this is something that I, I think we can say is that Jesus probably invented the buddy system. Now, some of you are familiar with maybe the buddy system. You don't go anywhere by yourself. You always have a buddy with you, and you probably thought that was just something your mom made up, but nope, Jesus is the one that did that. So we see in Acts and other letters of the New Testament that often the disciples, they did travel together, or if they did travel alone, once they got to a city, there was other people there, other people of the body, other people with the same why. Now, Josh 
when he went to the, this coaching job in Lodgegrass, God was with him, and he didn't do it alone. He called up some former coaches of, of Lodgegrass, like Gordon Realbird. He called other coaches, uh, all of us at Skyview. He talked to us at Skyview. Now, he called us, also some, a lot of us, just to get some knowledge of basketball, but he also called a lot of us with this job of making disciples. So Josh, yeah, he had God with him, but he also was bringing people with him so he wouldn't be alone. Now, Nicole, when I said she went there, she went there with a purpose to meet just a few people, just a few, few just talk her relationship, do her job and go on. But she had no idea that she would have relationships with other family members, with the managers, with other students, with all kinds of people building relationships so that she would continue to go there and just not be alone. Now, God, he moved my schedule around because my schedule was really busy. And so God was asking me to go there alone, but he freed this up so that when I could go there, I was with Josh and I had other people around me. And I went there with that why of making disciples. And then once all of us kind of got there, we found that we weren't, we really weren't alone either because we did, yeah, we had each other, but there also was a community also that began to be there with us with a common why to make disciples. Now, yeah, our why, I think Josh would agree with this, right, is that we're supposed to win some basketball games and win some state champions, which has, has been done. But really, we were, again, using basketball to make disciples. So the three of us, there's been many others there that have heard the word go, but we all just didn't go just one time. We, cont we continue to go at different times, different places. In fact, a lot of us, <coughs> I think the average is, is before we actually be decide to become a disciple or, or go, yep, I'm, I'm, that makes sense. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Is, I think they say like seven times. That there's seven times that someone has to hear the message before they accept Jesus. And there's some that maybe heard it the first time and they accept it. But if you're, you're a little slower, a little hard, a little stubborn like, like me, maybe you're that way. It's a process. It kind of takes a while. You've got to hear it again and again. And God is always present. And that is the why as to why we are not alone, is God is with us. But also the why we are not alone could also be we're always not alone in this command of making disciples because all of us are given this command. And together as a body, we make disciples. Each of us have a role. Each of us relate to different people at different times in different ways. So maybe I might be the first person that someone hears that message might be even the third time they hear that message but then you know what you might be that seventh person or time or whatever it is that someone finally hears that mes message and they become a disciple and then once they become a disciple then they actually go and they make disciples so let me ask you this am i ever done going i really hope not i i hope you don't think you're ever done I don't see anywhere in this passage that the Bible tells us we're, we, we're, we're done. We stop going. We stop making disciples. You know, there's a verse, Matthew 24, 14, that says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. 
That work hasn't been done yet. There's still work that needs to be happened. So no, we're never done. In fact, there's stories of people that we can probably think of different stories that even when this person dies, you tell their story of their life and how they were a disciple of Jesus and that story continues to make disciples. So our lives, yeah, they matter. How we live our lives, that really matters. This job of making disciples, it never ends. We might think, too, that, you know what, okay, I've, 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 I've so to speak, made a disciple. Like, I, ha- I, I discipled someone, and now they're a disciple, and so I, my job's done. I'm going to relax now. The Bible tells us, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. That's a really high standard. That's a really high thing. So the way we live our lives, we live our lives in such a manner that we do it for the purpose of bringing glory to God, that we do it for a purpose of making disciples. Now I want to give, give you just a quick rundown of the three of us hearing this, and there's been others, but hearing the word go to Lodgegrass, of how just this one little thing has affected, I'm going to say, hundreds to thousands of lives. And it continues to do that. Of how just the simple thing of go, it's not just this basketball team, but there's lots of lives that are being affected and disciples being made because of that and how this is in our lives too when we hear the word go. So obviously the families of the players, there's changes happening. There's, there's disciples being made and there's going to continue to be. The teachers and the administration and other sports programs, there's things that are happening within them of disciples being made. The community, there's things in the community that are happening and will continue to happen. I know some sports broadcasters. They find out that I'm, I know these Lodgegrass kids, and they stop me, and they tell me how watching them and talking to them changed their lives and how they're themselves are being a disciple and it's growing from them and then they're telling other people. Referees have stopped me and said you know we used to hate going to Lodgegrass. We love going to Lodgegrass now. Their lives are being changed because they're seeing how people live their lives and disciples are being made. Rival basketball teams from other cities where they don't like each other. There's things that are being going on by loving those other people and in, in, the, in situations of medical issues, of, of disciples being made because your, so to speak, enemy is loving their enemy. Josh is telling me stories of how he's telling things, telling stories, and there is coaches around the state that are becoming or going to become disciples. And there's opportunities around this nation, maybe even around this world, that Josh has shared with me that all center around making disciples. Like I said, I'd, I'd, we'd be here all day if I told you all the details of those stories, so I can't. But we never imagined in our, po- our lives what hearing the word go meant and how many disciples would be made. Now, I just want to finish this series of the greatest, and I want to tell you why I, why I picked this one last. I mean, obviously, it's easy because this is, this is the end of Matthew. So it's the last thing that, that is in this chapter. So that's easy. But 
when we hear these words of go make disciples, that making disciples, I think, is a whole lot easier when all of these greatest that I talked about are just who we are. So when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, when you love your neighbor as yourself, when the new definition of neighbor is loving your enemy, and obviously when you follow Jesus, and then when you forgive others, even if they don't deserve forgiveness, making disciples, it just comes naturally at this point. So as we close today, I just want to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20 together as a group. It'll be on your screen. Let's read that together. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Lord, I just, I just pray that all of us here, Lord, that we, we take these words that you tell us to go make disciples to heart, Lord, that they become part of our lives, Lord, and that our entire lives just reflect that one purpose of go make disciples, <clears throat> that we don't know how many opportunities we're going to have with people. It might just be one time. It might be spending a life with somebody. It might be just sporadic times, Lord, but that whatever it is that our lives just do, they show who you are. They show forgiveness. They show love. They show, Lord, that, that we receive life, that we receive life and we have hope in your son's name, Lord, that we, we do, Lord, that we can make disciples, Lord. So I just pray that everybody just listens to the word go. And maybe even this is your first time. Maybe you're, you don't, what is this Jesus thing all about? But right now in your heart, if you're hearing, if you feel in your heart, you're feeling like Jesus is saying, you know what? First, I want you to follow me. I want you to go, and I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me, and I want you to accept me, and I want to accept you to accept the forgiveness of your sins, 